with a major shakeup in the Republican presidential race as Florida Governor Ron DeSantis suspends his campaign. He announced it yesterday and then he endorsed Donald Trump. And so tomorrow's New Hampshire primary is now a two person race. Now, following our second place finish in Iowa, we've prayed and deliberated on the way forward. If there was anything I could do to produce a favorable outcome, more campaign stops, more interviews, I would do it. But I can't ask our supporters to volunteer their time and donate their resources if we don't have a clear path to victory. Accordingly, I am today suspending my campaign. I'm proud to have delivered on 100% of my promises, and I will not stop now. It's clear to me that a majority of Republican primary voters want to give Donald Trump another chance. They watch his presidency get stymied by relentless resistance, and they see Democrats using lawfare this day to attack him. Well, I've had disagreements with Donald Trump, such as on the coronavirus pandemic and his elevation of Anthony Fauci. Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee, and I will honor that pledge. He has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear, a repackaged form of warmed over corporatism that Nikki Haley represents. The days of putting Americans last, of kowtowing to large corporations, of caving to woke ideology are over. Um, and I also think this, this issue to do with the technology and the digital infrastructure, I just want to emphasize how important I think that is. Because in the end, you, 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 you need the data, you need to know who's been vaccinated and who hasn't been. Some of the vaccines that will come on down the line will be multiple, there'll be multiple shots. So you've got to have, for, for reasons to do with the healthcare more generally, but certainly for a, a pandemic or for, um, for, for vaccines, you've got to have a proper digital infrastructure. And many countries don't have that. In fact, most countries don't have that. So again, you've got to say, okay, who are the people that can make this happen? How do you get the right partnerships in place? So my, my view is, this is what I'm arguing with the, to, that should happen in the G, G20 particularly, I think, which is, I mean, G7 is an important forum, but the G20 is the broader forum, um, is you, you've got to work out what is it that you want to achieve in order to make sure that any future pandemic is properly handled and what are the partnerships that you're going to create in order to ensure that the answers you get are the right answers. And then you're gonna to have to have the mechanisms of implementation. And those mechanisms will be partly through the formal institutions that you have, like the WTO, but they'll also be through organizations like, like, like yours, which are, which I think you know, have many advantages because they don't get landed with the same bureaucracy and frankly, <coughs> small p politics around them. So I think you know, that's what we need to do. But if you want the politicians to focus on a plan, I promise you it's got to be because they think in the next few years, not in the broad future, it's going to matter to them to have that plan. Before we begin, I'd like to take time to congratulate Ron DeSantis and... Of course, a really terrific person who had gotten to know his wife, Casey, for having run a great campaign for president. He did. He ran a, a really good campaign, I will tell you. It's not easy. They think it's easy doing this stuff, right? It's not easy. But as you know, he left the campaign trail today at 3 p.m. And in so doing, he was very gracious and he endorsed me. So I appreciate it. I appreciate that, and I also 
Look forward to working with Ron and everybody else to defeat crooked Joe Biden. We will have to get him out. We have to get him out. And yet you're saying that the comments by Donald Trump, everyone should be worried about that. You have said earlier that Trump's rhetoric and actions contributed to the January 6th insurrection. How can you support someone who you believe contributed to the insurrection? We're, we're here in New Hampshire in the First Nation primary. No one's really thinking about the general election right now. If you want to beat Donald Trump, it has to happen at the ballot box. Don't sit on your couch. Don't wait for it to happen. Don't wait for some external factor or court case to take over. you got to get out and vote. Whether you're undeclared Republican, getting that vote out is how you beat it. That's democracy. But despite all of these comments, despite yeah. his comments on immunity, despite what you said about the insurrection, you would still vote for Donald Trump in a general election well, against according Joe to Biden? the polls, most of America would. This is how, I mean, this is what you guys don't report. This is how bad Biden has been. This is how incompetent he's been. The guy can barely get off the stage. Nobody wants what what is currently. And everyone is scared of a president, Kamala Harris. The thing that I want to drive home here, the very reason that I'm here at Davos, is to explain to many people in this room and who are watching, with all due respect, nothing personal, but that you're part of the problem. Political elites tell the average people on three or four or five issues that the reality is X, when in fact reality is Y. Take immigration. Elites tell us that open borders and even illegal immigration are okay. The average person tells us in the United States that both rob them of the American way of life. They're right. President Trump will take that on on behalf of the average American. Elites also tell us that public safety isn't a problem in big American cities. Just travel to New York or Washington or Dallas, Texas. The average person will tell you that the lack of public safety damages not just the American way of life, but their life. President Trump will take that on. Thirdly, I guess the favorite at the World Economic Forum is climate change. Elites tell us that we we have this existential crisis with so-called climate change, so much so that climate alarmism is probably the greatest cause for mental health crisis in the world. The solutions the average person know based on climate change are far worse and more harmful and cost more human lives, especially in Europe during the time that you need heating, than do the problem and the problems themselves. Fourth, two more here, Robin. The fourth, China. The number one adversary, not just to the United States, but to free people on planet Earth. Not only do we at at Davos not say that, we give the Chinese Communist Party a platform. Count on President Trump ending that nonsense. And fifth, as we sit here, another supranational organization, the World Health Organization, is discussing foisting gender ideology upon the global south. These are practices that are under review, if not being rejected, by countries in Northern Europe. The new president, especially if it's President Trump, will, as you like to say, trust the science. He will understand the basic biological reality of manhood and womanhood. And do you know why? Not because of retribution, not because he's a dictator, but because he has the power of the American people behind him. And it's connected to Senator Portman's excellent point that in addition to needing a vigorous executive, we look forward to having the popular will inform both the House and Senate in 2025 to pass laws on all of those issues and many others. Ultimately, Robin, I think President Trump, if in fact he wins a second term, is going to be inspired by the wise words of Javier Millet, who said that he was in power not to guide sheep, but to awaken lions. That's what the average American and the average free person on planet Earth wants 
out of leaders. Monday, 22 January in the year of our Lord 2024. Welcome to the war room. Uh, DeSantis uh, has finally admitted. Um, and by the way, I don't think he, President Trump's such a classy guy. I don't think Ron DeSantis was gracious at all. He said he endorsed you because he had signed and he had committed to an obligation <laughs> to, to support the nominee. So um, he did come in hard on Nikki Haley as being a corporatist with the failed policies of the past. Ron, you should have written that down with your number two pencil to start your campaign. Remember, this is about the economy. It's about uh, the financial collapse of the United States. It's about immigration, the invasion of the southern border in the geopolitical mess driven by the Chinese Communist Party that the United States finds itself into. Um, so a lot going on in New Hampshire. Obviously, DeSantis out. That was obvious for a while. Nikki Haley, she scheduled this big donor confab 30 January in um, in New York to raise a ton of money from the Henry Kravises of the world. Although Raheem Kassam informs me, Raheem's going to join us here shortly, that uh, David Rubenstein, one of my favorite guys, one of the worst people in Washington, D.C., and Rubenstein understand when President Trump comes back, you're going to be stripped out of the Kennedy Center and all that crap. You've been uh, what you've done with the Monticello, what you've done with this uh, the woke history you put into these different institutions is disgusting and revolting. That's all going to be stripped out of you. So you can kiss Trump's ass as much as you want. That's what you have to worry about now. You see, the globalists are sur- surrendered in Davos, right? They took a knee. Jamie Dimon took a knee. You got Tony Blair and those guys behind the scenes, you know, digital ID, digital currency, all of it for total control. But they understand what's coming on this populist revolt throughout the world. Now, we cannot rest at all. We have to be on watch 24-7. The one thing we have to be on watch on is people rolling over right now but trying to insert themselves. Remember, President Reagan essentially won the primary in New Hampshire in uh, 1980 by telling George Bush, hey, I pay for this, Mike, dude. I'm going to have my say-so. Blew up uh, Bush right there. Who was his vice president? The globalist George Bush. And who was his chief of staff? James Baker. These guys always, it's like a bacillus. They got to get in. They got to get the virus in there. So we have to be on constant, constant, constant watch. Want to go to, can I play a clip? Last night, talk about rock stars coming to this event in New Hampshire. is absolutely incredible. Let's kind of play the clip where I introduce our first guest of the morning. The next senator from the great state of Arizona, D. Kerry Lake, joins us now. Uh, Kerry, they're fired up in the Granite State, live free or die. They're kind of fired up th- up there, are they not? <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. That was that room was electric last night, Steve. And it just goes to show you the, the movement that President Trump has created. It is stronger than it's ever been. And I think that truly was one of my favorite rallies. I, I mean, I've been to a lot. But the energy and the love in that room. And the coolest thing, one of the things I noticed uh, when we we walked up, there was a huge line outside the door. People just couldn't get in. It was just packed to the gills. And there were hardworking, 
This was this was the the men who built this country. These are the middle class, hardworking guys. They show up every single day to do the jobs to keep this country running. And that was the majority of what I saw in there. Here it is a Sunday night. They work all day. They have to get up early uh, for work today. And they showed up, and it was um, the love in that room. I, you just couldn't have measured it. It was just so huge last night. And President Trump um, could feel it as well. Talk to me. You've been the number one surrogate really for Trump for months and months and months going around the country. Of course, you're from Iowa. You spent a ton of time in Iowa. You, uh, give me your assessment of DeSantis, uh, this failed effort to take on President Trump. Uh, he dropped out last night. It was pretty obvious. I telling people, I don't think he'd stick around for New Hampshire. He's going to be humiliated. Your thoughts? Well, we knew that day was coming that he would drop out. The question was when, and um, I think he chose not to have that humiliating loss on Tuesday, and he decided to go earlier. Uh, it was really obvious the wheels had fallen off. I mean, the wheels were, were never really on that machine, and there was so much money. The, the, sh the real shame of it all is there were hundreds of millions of dollars that were wasted, flushed down the toilet. Um, I'm happy that Governor DeSantis decided to uh, step away from this. It, it really was kind of an ego trip anyway, and I'm happy he's heading back to Florida. I think the people of Florida deserve to have their governor back. They had just elected him, and now he can go back and, and lead that state, and I'm sure he'll work hard to, to try to bring people uh, back into the fold, people that he might have disappointed. I thought it was very magnanimous and, um, and great that President Trump and said he's going to, you know, retire the nicknames and bring people back into the fold. Now, does that mean inner circle? No, I don't believe it does. But, you know, we can't, Steve, I know you're, some of your people watching might disagree with this, but we can't ship people off to Siberia. This is a time our country is in, uh, in, a, in an ash heap right now because of the <laughs> destructive policies of the Uniparty. And eventually yeah. we have to come together as Americans. I'm not saying inner circle, but we have to come together as Americans. And I hope that that can happen. I think President Trump is trying yeah. to offer those olive branches. Carrie, we love you. You're classy. Stick around. We're going to stick with you for the, through the, in the next segment. But you're on the ship them to Siberia and ship them to Siberia show. Shoot the wounded. <laughs> we, I understand what you're. I understand what you're saying. You're magnanimous, Carrie Hart. Uh, Carrie Lake actually has a big heart. You're like President Trump. You guys have big hearts. Um, so just take a break, okay? We're gonna come right back. We got Carrie Lake with us. Raheem's done some amazing analysis. We're going to talk to Carrie about neocon Nikki, why she's hanging around. It's all about money. She uh, Carrie's right. Two hundred fifty million dollars. Burn. You should have taken in the front yard and just burn it. Not spent on election integrity, not spent on get out the vote, not spent on the infrastructure you need to take on the Biden apparatus, but uh, so they can't steal another one, but just burn it on this ridiculous primary. Warpath Coffee. Get up, get jacked like those of us in the war room. Warpath.coffee slash war room. Get your discounts. Get the dark roast, Mariner's Blend, Skull and Crossbones. As we head toward a presidential election in November, one thing you can be sure of, 2024 will be a tumultuous year like no other. How will your hard-earned savings fare during this year? You're already seeing the impacts of inflation at the pump, the grocery store. The dollar continues to lose buying power quicker than your wages can increase. How are you protecting your savings? Consider diversifying with gold from Birch Gold Group. For decades, gold has been the choice of investors and central banks to hedge against inflation. Now, you can own it in a tax-sheltered IRA with the help of Birch Gold. Just text 
Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898. And Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on gold. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. And the best part, you don't have to pay a penny out of pocket. With an A-plus rating, with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of satisfied customers, you can trust Birch Gold. Text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free info kit. That's Bannon to 989898. And secure your savings now. Take action. Text Bannon at 989898. Action, action, action. My endorsement, because we can't go back to the old Republican Guard of yesteryear, a repackaged form of warmed-over corporatism, that Nikki Haley represents. The days of putting Americans last, of kowtowing to large corporations, of caving to woke ideology are over. And I'll use Title 42 as I did. We had Title 42 to end the child trafficking crisis by returning all the will never secure the border or stop the fentanyl that is killing thousands of New Hampshire citizens. And you know that. I like President Trump. Nikki Haley, globalist. Uh, Carrie Lake, here's the thing. $250 million not spent for securing elections, not spent for election integrity, not spent on get out the vote, not spent on any of the logistics or infrastructure you need to have a sweeping victory for the House, the Senate, governorships, state legislatures, and, of course, the standard bearer, Donald J. Trump, none of that. These vanity projects and and even darker and deeper, the moneyed class, the lords of easy money on Wall Street, the tech oligarchs, the Chamber of Commerce, all these uh, Republican establishment that DeSantis just summed up right there, they all want to hang around the rim now. They all want to to continue with Nikki and make her viable somehow, not to beat Trump. They know she can't beat Trump. That's impossible. But to try to pull what the Bush, uh, the Bush uh, apparatus pulled in 1980, and basically try to get a stranglehold around the Reagan administration. Remember the first term, President Reagan and his core team from California beat him off, right? They beat him off. Judge Clark, Ed Meese, these guys beat him off. Not so good. Not so much in the second term. Kerry Lake, your thoughts? Neocon, neoliberal neocon Nikki that represents every failed policy. <laughs> And she doesn't, and she do, and she doesn't back off it. I mean, she still wants to have troops everywhere. She wants to be spending money uh, everywhere. Uh, she, she doesn't want to close the border. She's an open borders advocate. You know, she kind of go, oh, yeah, border security. Same happy talk. Nikki Haley is someone that would support that bill coming out of the Senate. This the amnesty bill coming out of the Senate. Your thoughts about this entire uh, entire fiasco, ma'am? Raytheon Republican Nikki. Um, You know, she'll listen to what her donors say. She'll listen to what the military industrial complex says, but she won't listen to what the American people want. And that's the difference, obviously, between President Trump. He's got a movement. You know, she's got the big billionaire donor class behind her. But, you know, just as they ran and jumped off of the streetcar, uh, the DeSantis streetcar, now they're running and jumping on hers. Eventually, they're going to jump off of hers when uh, I believe she'll suffer a very, very uh, shocking blow tomorrow with the defeat. And then they'll figure out they've got to come in and rally behind uh, the greatest president in our history and and the greatest uh, candidate in the Republican Party. And that is Donald J. Trump. So, you know, I think we're going to be talking about this for another 24 hours. I don't believe that she'll make it to South Carolina. That's just my guess. I think the victory that she or the uh, the loss tonight 
and the victory that President Trump will have will just be a kind of a final death blow. Talk to us about you. Your people want to know where you're going to be. Obviously, you draw huge crowds there in support of President Trump as his top surrogate. Um, where are you going to be today? People want to know where you're going to be. Where do we go to find out where you're going to be? And particularly tonight, the rally. What time? Grace and Mo are going to have that up to stream it. Uh, we'll have a very active and robust comment section going on in the live stream. What time do you speak? <laughs> I, I think I speak around 7. Colton, what time do I speak? <laughs> right around 7 o'clock at the rally tonight. The energy okay, in New Hampshire is so incredible. I was, I was here a, um, a few weeks ago, just before Christmas, and I couldn't believe the energy then. I thought, wow, there's something really big going on in New Hampshire. I know it's, you know, Iowa first and then New Hampshire, but we, we showed up at the, uh, the Trump the Manchester office and the place was packed to the gills. This is before Christmas. The energy was huge. Now it is like a hundred times higher than that. And the people of New Hampshire are ready for a change. You know, their energy prices are through the roof. They're watching as fentanyl is taking the lives of so many amazing uh, people here in this state. And they know it comes from our wide open border. They know it comes from Joe Biden destroying what was a great Trump energy policy. And President Trump is going to turn things around starting on day one minute one, and everyone in New Hampshire knows he can do it because he has done it. And, and I'm a surrogate for President Trump because I'm a mom, and I know that if we don't get someone in office like President Trump and quickly, my kids don't have a future. I've already had a great life. I am solely focused on my children and hopefully my future grandchildren, and we have got to save this republic. The motto of this state is live free or die, and we are truly in a live free or die moment. And I know that President Trump has the power, the strength, the energy, the policy, and the smarts to turn this nightmare around and get us back on track. And we're going to have some great days ahead of us. It's going to be a, a rough and tumble year, Steve. Uh, hold on. Put your seatbelt on. And let's go. Carrie Lake, uh, where, do people go, <clears throat> where do people go to find out more information of where you are to track your movements and listen to your talks as your surrogate for the next 48 <laughs> hours for President Trump? Uh, I'm going to be doing quite a bit of media for uh, the Trump team today, and, and this is important. You know, I'm running for U.S. Senate in Arizona, critical seat. We have to get the majority in the Senate because when President Trump gets in office, we got to make sure all of his appointments get passed. we got to make sure his Supreme Court picks get through. we got to make sure his cabinet appointments get through. It is critical. We have to make sure that we can get legislation that firms up these incredible America First policies. So the Senate is critical. But it goes hand in hand with getting President Trump elected, and I want to help move this primary process and make it go faster, get President Trump as the nominee so we can move past all of this ridiculous, as I said, these vanity projects, this total waste of money in the Republican Party, and get to going to battle with the person we need to, the uh, Democrat Biden. He's, he's destroying our country, and we have to get all of these Democrats out of office and replace them with America First Republicans. Carrie Lake, thank you so much uh, for being a surrogate for President Trump. The audience loves it. Uh, we'll track you today. We'll watch okay. you tonight at 7 o'clock. Hopefully have you back on tomorrow. Thank you, ma'am. CarrieLake.com. CarrieLake.com. And if you want information on what's happening in New Hampshire, nh.donaldjtrump.com. I knew you were going to stick that. If I gave you enough time, I knew you'd, st I knew you'd stick it. Thank you, ma'am. Appreciate it. Carrie Lake. Magnanimous Carrie Lake. Don't shoot the wounded. I don't know. Is that worrying?
Carrie Lake's very magnanimous, running for the Senate. Um, Raheem Kassam. I want everybody to go to birchgold.com slash worm right now. And here's the reason. End of the dollar empire. They, they took a knee. So here's the – let's do some interconnectivity. They took the knee in Davos, at least publicly, the optic. They took the knee to Trump and they took the knee to um, MAGA. And you got following, you got David Rubenstein, who's the worst of the worst. He's today saying Trump and MAGA and all the same crap that Jamie Dimon was saying. Don't, you can't, that's all optics. That's all to get your eye off the ball. Tony Blair came up and told you what they're really working on, right? But the end of the dollar empire answers the question, and Birch Gold will answer the question to you about gold. Why are the central banks of the BRICS nations that are leading the de-dollarization effort, why are they buying gold at record rates at 22, 23, and starting 24, led by the Chinese Communist Party? Why? When uh, the Western banks, and particularly the Federal Reserve Bank, when it's not printing more fiat currency to paper over these massive deficits and let these politicians continue with fiscal irresponsibility, they'll match it with monetary irresponsibility. Why are they focused on a central bank digital currency? Why? Well, Raheem, come in here for a second. Just, I want to make sure that cold open's not lost on people. We had the reemergence of Tony Blair. I guess not the reemergence. Behind the scenes, he's one of the drivers of the global, globalization project. That dude's over there, and now he, he is so all over this digital um, you know, vaccine, digital medical passport. They want to get all the passports and digital thing. He's a, he's a central bank digital currency guy. How do you get rid of these guys like Tony Blair? They're like fescue or they're like some weed you can't get rid of. They're, they're always over. And he's making a ton of money. Tell us about yeah. Tony Blair, who you thought we got rid of, and he's at the heart of this Davos thing. Yeah, I always found that a, a, a necklace of garlic uh, <laughs> was the best way to get rid of some of these people. <laughs> um, these are extremely long-standing, you know, globalist torchbearers. You have to understand that these are the people who have been, you know, knighted effectively, not by uh, the, the the monarch necessarily, although some are, uh, but knighted by, you know, the powers that be in globalist world. Tony Blair, very, very much um, globalist royalty himself. Uh, and, and the interesting part of, of the Tony Blair stuff is, you know, he came in as the prime minister in the United Kingdom when I was still, I was 11 years old, 1997. Things can only get better was the song. Cool Britannia was the slogan. Um, and he actually came into the uh, Labour Party, reforming the Labour Party uh, from having been too far left for most of the British public. So he pulls it into the centre, governs effectively as, you know, uh, the heir to Thatcher, but of the soft political left. And what he really does is consolidate power amongst major corporations, um, it takes power away, uh, uh, you know, centralizes power in Westminster, takes it away from the counties and councils all across the United Kingdom. And critically, probably his worst thing is as prime minister. Well, there were two. One was his advisor. He had an advisor, a speechwriter by, uh, by the name of Andrew Nether. And after the Blair years, Andrew Nether came out and said it was actually official, although unsaid government policy to, quote, rub the right's nose in diversity. And how were they supposed to do it? He confessed open borders. Tony Blair opened the borders. Uh, Britain has never had uh, mass uh, migration at lower levels than 
100,000 into the country a year. Since then, it's currently about 650,000 uh, gross uh, a year into the United Kingdom right now. And that was Tony Blair. And the second part of it was the education system. He completely uh, reordered Britain's immigration uh, education system yeah. and made it a massive, <laughs> whopping globalist propaganda unit. Hang on for one second. It's the fight between the nationalist and the globalist. It's a fight between the populist and the elitist. That's what this is about. New Battlefront, New Hampshire. Davos took a knee in public. Behind the scenes, not so much. Next in the War Room. Traditional corporate media is crumbling. Why? Because they're hiding something, something big. People are realizing that they're being lied to left and right, even by institutions they thought they could trust. But you, you've known the truth all along. You also know that time to prepare for what's coming is right now. Don't delay, no hesitancy, but right now. Get started by going to MyPatriotSupply.com. There you'll save $200 on an essential three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. Over the years, My Patriot Supply has helped millions of American families prepare for emergencies. Yours should be next. Sealed inside, ultra-durable packaging, their delicious meals last up to 25 years in storage and provide over 2,000 calories a day. Eat right when things go wrong with these three-month emergency food kits from My Patriot Supply. With $200 in savings, you can get enough for each family member. They deserve your protection. Today, go to MyPatriotSupply.com. Order by 3 p.m. for free same-day shipping. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. Do it today. Use your agency. Action, action, action. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, I want to make sure we're going to come back to Raheem in just a second. What Raheem just laid out about Tony Blair, because Tony Blair is at Davos. This fight is about nationalists and globalists. The Lord's Easy Money on the oligarchs on Wall Street, the David Rubensteins, these private equity guys, they want open borders. Why do you think we have an invasion of the country? It's just not the radical Biden. It's supported by the business community. And you just heard right there the, the reason. Look what, look at the shape that Great Britain is in. Look at the shape our mother country. Look at the shape of it. And Tony Blair, behind the scenes, they changed, they radically changed the education system and they went open borders. This is what this fight's about, and we can never take our eye off it because they're always going to try to come in and surround President Trump. As hard as it is for him to win because you got the lawfare, you got the taking his, his, um, his business, you've got the today, you know, they, the juror came in sick, so there's no coverage, and, uh, you know, he's not going to be in Manhattan that he went back for before going back up to the rally. Think of the energy this guy has. But the other thing is to get the bacillus in there. This is the Murdochs, this is the big donors. This is the Lords of Easy Money, the tech oligarchs. It's constant and relentless, and we have to be the guardians of that. That's why, hey, yeah, we are a lot of times send them to Siberia, shoot the wounded, right? I hate, you know, it's not something we like to do. Okay, maybe something we kind of like to do. But it's for a purpose, and you're seeing it happen right now. Ron DeSantis, President Trump's very classy, super classy. He's got a kind heart. He's actually a very kind-hearted guy. Ron DeSantis was not gracious. He said, oh, I signed a pledge, so I got to support him. Kind of still like the little nine-year-old petulant child that Ron DeSantis is. 
Ron DeSantis, who's never going to be president of the United States. So you just spent burned $150 million in Iowa, dude. You can't come back from that. It leaves a permanent mark. Let's go to Ben Burkwan. We're going to go into the field in the famous Red Arrow Diner. I used to do this. This used to be my shtick. When Sirius XM, we had Breitbart News Radio. I think it was in 12. I think it was in 15 also. 16. That we were at the Red Arrow Diner. In uh, in New Hampshire, uh, Ben Burkwam, tell us about it. Set the ambiance of this great classic American diner, and let's talk to some of the patrons. Yeah, hey Steve. Yes, Red Arrow Diner opened in 1922, over a hundred years old. We're on the outside now. It's cold out here, but it is hot inside. We're going to go in and talk to some of the folks before we go in. I got I grabbed Chris on the way out. Chris, very simple question: Trump or Nikki? Oh, that would be Trump for a secure border all the way. That's it. Trump, secure border. All right, let's go. Let's go, baby. Come on in. All right, guys. Look at this. Beautiful people all the way down the line. Okay, we're coming here, guys. One day away from the primary. Trump or Nikki? Trump. Trump. Trump, Trump, Trump. Okay, let's go here. Trump or Nikki, guys? Donald Trump. Donald Trump, sir? Nikki. Okay, got one Nikki. Okay, let's hear. Trump. 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 Ladies, very simple question. Oh, sorry. We got one on the phone. Very simple question. We're with Steve. Trump or Nikki? Trump. 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 We. There you go, Steve. It okay, is. Ben, it's, it's a land. Now, ben, real quick. Ben, real quick. Yeah. Should she have but, wasted but, but, the $200 no, million on, dollars on this? Ben. No. Okay, hang on. Ben, Steve hang wants on. to ask a question. Hang on, Steve. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Just, just go back. No. Just go back down the and line. Start with them and ask guys. why Trump yeah, or why Nikki. Yep. Okay. Well, that's, what that's what we're doing right now. Just okay, yeah, ladies. Tr- okay. Why, why Trump? Why Trump, not Nikki? He's, he's uh, the guy. He's the only guy that can save America. Yeah, because Trump, he cares for America. He's going to save America. He did it four years, great four years. And Nikki Haley, everybody who is here supporting her rallies, they are independents and democrats. That's They're it. all Democrats. That's, it. That's, it. That's the same thing we heard. Let's back it up. Let's back it up. That's it. Thank you, ladies. Thank all right, you. gentlemen. And gentlemen, I'm coming back through. Follow-up question. Why Trump? He's the one. <laughs> yep. Hang on. Let me get you over here. Get you on camera. Okay, no, he's, he's the best. I like his policies before, and it'd be good to have him back. What's the most important issue to you? Uh, I go between uh, the border security, immigration, and social security. Sir? Let's go right here. I'm actually the same. Border security is the main thing. Um, there's so many terrorists that are even over here right now. Yep. So, and they don't want to do anything about it. So he's the only one that can really do anything about it. And, thank you, sir. And sir? Well, right now, domestically, the foreign, uh, the uh, border, border and uh, the foreign policy, we're on the verge of three wars right now. So, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty scary time. Do you trust Nikki? I do. But I'm not sure she can actually pull it together. If she was running in four years, I'd vote for Nikki in a heartbeat. But right now, I think Donald's the only one that can calm the waters and uh, hopefully leave a legacy for the next person coming up. Trump all the way, though. Right now, anyways, yes. Steve, what's interesting is we're here, obviously, we're doing the border. You know, I cover the border, but we're up here right now in New Hampshire, almost as far. We're not quite to Maine, but almost as far away as you can get, or Alaska. But the border is still, you heard it down the line, the border is top two issues across our country. Doesn't matter where you're at. Uh, Ben, hang on. We're going to come back to you in a second, okay? Can you hang at the red arrow? We'll be right back to you.
Yeah. Uh, Raheem, this is what uh, they even said in the uh, in a bunch of the analysis with the san- the sanctus, uh, the sanctimonious. We're not retiring it here, folks. Um, remember, send them to Siberia. Uh, Raheem, they said the economy, the financial condition of the country, and the border and immigration are the top two issues, which he really never addressed. Your, your thoughts? You did a, a magnificent analysis of the uh, the rise and the very quick fall of Ron DeSantis over at uh, National Pulse. Tell us about it. Yeah, and, and remember, predicted it from day one. Um, Governor DeSantis got into the race talking about um, and I never really used a sanctimonious or de sanctus, by the way. I actually thought it was a little too cute, not a little too mean. I would have gone with other other nicknames, nicknames that you can't say on family television. <laughs> but, I, I, you know, we predicted it from the get go because he got into the race and immediately just start talking about woke, 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 right? Just everything all the time, constant. His 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 little personal battles uh, that he was fighting in Florida with Disney other places, by the way, battles that haven't got a lot of attention recently, but predominantly that he lost, right? Some of them, you could say that they were score draws, maybe, uh, but he didn't come out actually but I, with but any, it's, but any hang on. major the, 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 the woke part, The woke part, I don't have a problem with, because that was Blair's change the education system. I, I'd like, I'd, I'd liked it. It was just too, it, it wasn't prioritized enough. It was, too, you agree, him saying, I want to make the United States, Florida, never really resonated with people. Would you agree? Yeah, but I, here's the problem I have with the woke stuff is it's too cutesy. If you want to talk about how far left the education system is being uh, taken and, and give examples of that and cite examples of that, then then actually talk about it in detail and don't give it some cutesy nickname, that, you know, just because it gets Daily Mail headlines. I don't I don't like that sort of thing. I, I've said this for years now, by the way, um, that, the, you know, we ought to be addressing this for what it really is. That is that has effectively been a communist globalist pincer movement on the United States of America as the freest nation on planet Earth. It's it's he's too he was too cute with it. And I think he was too cute with a lot of things throughout his campaign. He, you look at a lot of the obituaries of his campaign that have been written over the last week, and I've read every single one of them. Um, they're all they all get things very, very on the nose, but they miss the nuances. The nuances is that Ron DeSantis wasn't. Uh, stymied by the lack of kind of big picture inside the campaign. The big picture was incorrect, but there was there was a big picture. What he was stymied by was kind of a death by a thousand cuts. Uh, and I, I make a list of those thousand cuts in the in the obituary that we published at the National Pulse. And it ranges, right? It ranges from some of the things we just discussed um, about his obsession with woke, his obsession with relitigating Donald Trump's COVID. And by the way, I totally agree with you. He was n- in no way... Um, was he a nice guy in his, uh, you know, uh, uh, dropout speech? It, it was not uh, uh, gracious. He was petulant. <laughs> I go through this in the podcast I did yesterday, by the way. He thanks his wife right at the end instead of right at the beginning, which sort of tells you everything you need to know about his him and his awkwardness. But also you've got to look at he had a number of scandals throughout that campaign, staffing scandals, pay-for-play scandals, the stripper donors, the people that he was aligned with, his okay, internal hang, pollster. Hang on, hang yeah, on, all slow, of these down, things. slow down, you, you, yeah. you Hang on, you get into it with, you get in, I want to go back to one of the hearts of this thing. He complained a couple of weeks ago he said, I made, and this is before he started saying I should have done more corporate media. He said, uh, this is like three or four weeks ago. He said, you know, uh, one of the mistakes I made, what I didn't realize, I thought you just, I thought that conservative media was just going on Fox and AM radio. Remember he said that? 
He didn't understand yeah. the power of the streaming services and the podcast on the MAGA right. Uh, but part of that, that he didn't know that or understand it, is he's, and you, you have it like a mantra. And I've tried to stay out of this because that's a fight you and Pasova and these guys can have. But it was about, you call them the weirdos around him on the, I don't know, the influencer side. But those are the ones that kind of blocked him or talked him out of doing his broader media. He didn't go, need to go on CNN or MSNBC. He needed to really get into the podcast system and the streaming system of people that are, are, are represent MAGA and the MAGA base. And then we would never have him on Worm because we just don't have people coming on here talking smack about President Trump for the simple reason that we said from the day that, that President Trump left here. President Trump's had the election stolen from him. We got to sort this thing out with President Trump. He's got to come back, which he did, and he will win again. But we can't. We don't have time for nonsense. We don't have time for spending money on all these, all this, you know, Murdoch news clown show. But how did DeSantis, being such a smart guy, how did he surround himself with those people, and how did he miss something so obvious? Yeah. Uh, well, very simply, um, Ron DeSantis is not a populist, right? So he doesn't believe in disintermediation of corporate media in, in the same sense that we do, right? He, he will go on like, you know, Pat, Patrick, Bet, David podcasts or whatever, but these are very much kind of the, the wannabe next, you know, elite intellectual class. He'll do the Ben Shapiro's, the intellectual dark web, you know, he'll feel very much at home speaking with Douglas Murray or Chris Rufo. But again, these are wannabes. They actually want to be at the Hudson Institute. You know, they want to be uh, on stage at, at the Manhattan Institute and, 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 and all these places. These aren't people who are trying to bust up the system. These are people who are trying to get in to be part of the system. And I have a lot of time for, for a lot of what some of these people say. You know, Rufo's done an excellent job on some of the woke stuff, right? Um, but it's but it's a different kind of politics than pure populist nationalism. And you saw that come across with DeSantis all the time. The disingenuity was perhaps one of the largest factors there. Um, he is he, he talks down to people. We saw on a daily basis, whether he was at a diner, whether he was giving a speech, whether he was shaking hands in public, he really doesn't like interacting with people. He doesn't like hearing their stories, doesn't really like shaking their hands. He likes wiping his hands on them, which is a weird thing he does as well. <laughs> but he's pretty, pretty, he's pretty no, he does. It's really weird. Pretty awkward <laughs> as, as a character. And it stems, it stems from the fact that, you know, and I don't even mean this as an insult. It is an insult, but I don't mean it as one, um, is he's not a populist. He doesn't believe in it. That's not, that's not his philosophy. Yes, yes. Um, and, and, and everything best, okay. flowed from there. I, I, the weirdos yeah. around him, by the way, I We're call it the axis the... of incompetence, the axis of incompetence around him. Adam Laxalt, right. Jeff Rowe, Christina <laughs> Pushot, three people who should never work in conservative politics ever again. Uh, I want to drill down more into that. Just stick around, Raheem. Also want to get your sense of, of Nikki and what's transpiring in New Hampshire and then after because she's raising a uh, a ton of money. I tell you who called this as they've done, as they've ran the world for 200 years, the city of London. Remember back in May when he did that five-day junket around the world? He didn't have, they didn't even understand the time zones. Poor DeSantis was beat up traveling to Japan and Korea and coming right off and giving interviews. He went to the city of London. Remember, I would go on and on about that for a week. They weighed and measured him. And I had guys call me from that. You know, you had all the consultants, all the bankers, all the hedge fund guys. You had the elite of the elite go to hear DeSantis speak. And I had so many people talk to me and go, are you kidding me? 
this guy's like a small-time governor. He's he's not the caliber. He's not the timber to be president of the United States. Those people put the put the uh, the woolly eye on you, the beady eye on you. They can weigh and measure you pretty well. They knew back in May. No shot for Ronda. Tax Network USA is pure war room for solving your IRS tax problems. If you owe back taxes, COVID was your lucky break. Tax court shut down, the IRS paused, and you skated. Well, baby, that party is over. The IRS is adding 20,000 enforcement agents, basically tax cops. Honest, hardworking Americans like you are in the crosshairs. Rich people have tax lawyers, and you don't. You'll pay up, plus interest and penalties. Tax USA Network has brilliant war room type strategies designed to solve your IRS problem quickly in your favor. Never call the IRS yourself. You're at their mercy. You could sit on hold for six to eight hours and get hung up on, grind you for all your back taxes, plus interest and penalties. Tax Network USA attorneys have a preferred direct line to the IRS. They know which agents to talk to and who to avoid. If they get difficult agent, hey, they just call a different agent. Tax Network USA learned of a limited time special IRS offer. The IRS is willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. Find out if you qualify before it's too late. Schedule your free confidential consultation with Tax Network USA. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debts. Think about that. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debts. They offer a best-in-class client satisfaction guarantee. Now call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. And visit Tax Network USA. That's TNUSA.com slash Bannon. TNUSA.com slash Bannon. Make sure you take action on this today. This IRS grind is only going to get much worse. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, we had Davos and we had CES a couple weeks ago. One thing coming out of both of them is cyber and AI are merging. What does that mean for you and your life? Well, it means, number one, that 90% of your net worth is more exposed than ever. That would be your home if you're lucky enough to have one. I know the kids and the folks under 35 are not there yet because of the way that the uh, the neoliberal neocons have structured the American economy. So you're nothing but Russian serfs. I wonder where I've heard that before. Maybe my address at Oxford years ago. Um, go to HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock.com. Today, immerse yourself in information, how you can avoid it. We need you at the ramparts. We don't need you in some claims court figuring out how somebody got the title of your home and took out a second mortgage on it that you're now forced to pay off by the hard money lenders, hometitlelock.com. Go check it out. Let's go back to the famous Red Arrow Diner. Diner Now what is it? It's 102nd year. Just incredible. Real America's Voice, Ben Burkwam. Ben, let me hear some more. I want to hear from the people. It's amazing. Who do they want and why do they want them? All right, Steve, let's get back out here. Down to the diner, to the table. Question, very simple question. Trump or Nikki and why? I am voting 100% for President Trump. I'm London Trump, Lucia, his cousin. We've been out here stumping for President Trump. We need to bring our country back. This is the greatest president we ever had in U.S. history. Let's bring him back. He's got the greatest supporters, the greatest people. Come on, New Hampshire. Let's go Trump. Okay, so we've got one surrogate here. we got one surrogate in there. Trump, 
Trump's cousin? Cousin. Cousin. Okay. Let's get over here. How about you, sir? Trump or Nikki and why? Trump, for love of country, first of all, and borders north and south. You know, well, I guess I up here is an issue, too. You know? Up here, border. Steve, we keep hearing borders. Yes, definitely borders and for energy independence. Okay. All right, sir, we're coming over this way. Uh, now, we already got it earlier. You said Trump versus Nikki. Now, I could be asking Biden. I haven't got a single Biden here, by the way. Okay, Trump or Nikki, and you said Trump, why? Absolutely, Trump. The, the economy's got to get better. And, and he's the only one who knows how to do it. Uh, the economy was great four years ago. Uh, you didn't have to go into a shopping center and drop your whole paycheck trying to trying to get groceries. And it uh, really needs to get better, and Trump can do it. All right. Thank you, sir. And ma'am? <laughs> hey, 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 Ben. I am not highly into politics, but you know what? He's the evil that I know, so I'm going to go with it. All right. All right. Yeah, Steve, go ahead. So there we go. Yeah, she, the, it's, ben, it's the one we know. Ben, and that's the problem. Ben, ben, a lot of ben. these politicians say the right thing. Yeah, go ahead, Steve. Ben, hang on. Go back to that gentleman about inflation and tell him the CNBC and the uh, Financial Times, Wall Street Journal, tell me inflation's over. His thoughts. Yeah. Okay. So he wanted me to come back to you, sir. He's about to eat his pancakes, Steve. We're interrupting the pancakes. Okay. So the question, CNBC just came out and said, inflation's over. Bidenomics is working. What do you say to him? That's a bunch of bullshit. Bull crap. <laughs> bull crap. Sorry. That's, that's a bunch of bull. You still can't go into any any place, any restaurant, any shopping center, anything like that. Eggs are still five, ten dollars for a dozen eggs. That's that's a bunch of bull. You know, back back when we had ninety nine cent eggs or you know pretty decent gas prices. You know, stuff's coming down because guess what? It's election year. Yeah. You know, everything comes down and everything comes up and you go, oh yeah, everything's all fine. Inflation's over. And then right when you get, he gets reelected, I guarantee you everything's gonna go right back up. He doesn't know what he's doing. You know what's amazing about that, Steve, is they used to do this, and people didn't get it. They didn't see how the election cycles worked. But you get it. The, the heartland of America, they get it. Maybe people in the, the ivory towers on the left don't see it. But that is exactly right. We're heading into this. They're trying to make it look like the economy's doing better. The people know it's not. Yeah, Steve, go ahead. Ben, 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 ben as you ask people, if they say border and border security... Tell them that Biden, Mallorca said the border is closed and the mainstream media is saying the border situations, uh, the crisis is over. Yeah. 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 Did you guys hear Mallorca said the border is closed? I don't know if anyone that, that the border situation is over. It's not a big deal. What do you say to him? I, I, it, of course, it's not over. Again, it's all the all the politics they do right before election years and right before everything goes right before the primaries and all that stuff. It's the same the same stuff. It's as they say, oh, everything's fixed. Everything's fixed. Well, what happened for the first for the last three years we've been here? Nothing is fixed. It's not going to get fixed and it's not going to get fixed. And we get someone new in there and Trump is the one to be there. Absolutely. Couldn't say it any better, Steve. Fantastic. Uh, ben, we'll come back to you in a minute, okay? Thank you, sir. Just stick there. The Red Arrow Diner is an absolute uh, landmark there and it's something we did two live broadcasts there, Breitbart, uh, Breitbart News Radio. In fact, Raheem, were you up there with me in, in 12 or 16 when we did it from the Red Arrow Diner over at Sirius XM? Were you, were you with us? Somebody forgot to invite me. <laughs> no, I think I had you in London. That's right. I had you in London actually working. You know, Raheem, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is the thing with That's Raheem. Right. <laughs> when Raheem's on point, no, no, when Raheem, no, because you were doing Brexit. You were, when Raheem's on point, there's nobody better. Now, there's the issue of getting Raheem. It, Raheem's like a small child. You have to get his interest. If he's interested, he'll focus. If he's not interested, he can be petulant. Um, let's go to Nikki. Nikki, the globalist. Give, give me your assessment. 
Well, I just wanted to comment really quickly on what was said there in the diner, though. I mean, that's exactly right. And I think a lot of people are starting to wake up to the reality that, A, yes, obviously, um, uh, Joe Biden is, a, is, is somewhat of a blithering idiot unto himself. Uh, but the apparatus itself is very cunning. The apparatus itself is 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 very calculating, and the the economic measures that are being taken in this year are designed to do just one thing: is to give the left, the center left, uh, the left leaning moderates, uh, the permission, the permission, uh, to vote for that ticket, whatever ticket they put up in November, and say, "Phew, you know, the 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 inflation's over, the economy's getting better, so on and so forth." But it's a Potemkin village. I'm surprised that one of these things that we put up last week didn't get more attention, actually. I'm just going to read you the headline off the National Pulse from five days ago. Uh, Quiet corrections reveal economy added nearly half a million fewer jobs than first claimed. The the, uh, jobs statistics, the Bureau of Labor Statistics has actually had to revise the numbers down over the last several months to say, actually, you know, this half a million jobs that we claimed that were being made in the United States, uh, we lied. And that should be getting a lot more attention. So it's it's all part of the same piece. And, and, and it's a Potemkin vote. Yes. And Nikki Haley is part of the same piece as well. This is not somebody who has the uh, the interests, uh, not even natively, right? Not even instinctively, uh, the interests of ordinary Americans at heart. She doesn't care about the border. She said the corporations should set uh, America's yeah. border policy. She doesn't care about uh, the economics of it. What, what Nikki Haley very clearly cares about is she said it yesterday. She she dug out her inner Hillary Clinton upon hearing the news that DeSantis has dropped out and she said, may the best woman win. She gave it to you right there. <laughs> Hang on, Raheem. 90 second break. I want to get your thoughts on uh, more of these topics when we return. Jace Medical, the CCP's looking to make moves all over from the Red Sea to the South China Sea. Make sure you don't get caught up in this mess. Make sure that you... Go to jacemedical.com and find out about how your medicines can get to you without the CCP inter... True or false? Using your tax refund to pay off credit card debt is a smart thing. Actually, that's false. Donewithdebt.com published a brilliant strategy designed to let you keep your hard-earned tax refund and reduce or eliminate credit card debt. Most Americans owe thousands in credit card debt. In fact, Daily Mail's got a story that 56 million... Americans carry credit card debt, and that debt will take years to pay off, if you pay it off at all. Done with Debt found that filing bankruptcy is usually not the answer, and taking out loans to pay off credit cards usually increases the debt. When you engage Done with Debt, their legal experts and skilled negotiators take on the credit card companies for you. Their winning strategies are designed with one goal, solve your debt situation quickly and permanently. First things first, chat with a done with debt strategist and explore your solutions. Some debt fighting strategies are time sensitive, so you'll need to move quickly. For a free consultation, visit donewithdebt.com. That's donewithdebt.com. Do it today. Take action. Early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. 
That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOMHEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.